Welcome to the Dad and Sons Power Hour Sonic Gotta Go Fast Speed Edition. Gotta go fast. Where's where? Be a fast one. I'm speedrunner Liam, joined with uh, here on the couch with speedrunner Matt and speedrunner George. Today's contestants have exactly one hour to complete their task of telling you some jokes, some news, and a little bit of heart. On your marks, go. Liam, tell us about announcing a game. Well, it might take a few hours. <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, uh, oh, God. Where to even start? Which is not great for a fast pod. Yeah, released a game. Oh, my God, I teased it for ages. You guys knew about it for a long time. I can't believe I had to keep that a secret and had to be, like, an actual professional about things for once. That's weird. Released... Curse to golf again. <laughs> but it's not curse to golf too. It's it's curse to golf. Electric Boogaloo. Fancy ten person team. Yeah, released and announced Curse to Golf. The proper Curse to Golf. Uh, the professional on Steam right now. Go to your 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 browser. Go to store page Steam and type Curse to Golf, and you will find it. And you can wishlist it right now. Um, we announced it via... Put it on your wish list. Yeah, please do. <laughs> please. Right now. <laughs> please. You don't have to buy it. Just please do it. <laughs> you have no idea how much it helps. It's literally the opposite of piracy. Yeah. It's like what George likes. You're supporting the developer without spending any money or really doing anything at all. And who really plays video games these days anyway? Just pretend that you did it, right? You know, like pretend that you bought it by wishlisting it and supporting us. No, you, everyone's buying this fucking game. <laughs> I always know I can count on that. <laughs> Liam, uh, remind us why, why wishlisting is important. Wishlisting is super important because it pushes you up the Steam algorithm. So you have tags attributed to your game. So, for example, Curse to Golf is a sports roguelike, roguelite pixel art game and those are the main tags so the more wishlist it has the more it goes up in those rankings right so the more it's going to appear on the steam front page the more eyes are going to get on it the more people are going to see it the more chance you have of it being a successful launch eventually you know the kind of going rate is about 10 percent of the amount of wish lists you have is the amount of sales you'll get so for example if you have two hundred thousand wish lists you'll get about 20,000 sales, which arguably is not a lot, right? So, you know, it's super important to try and get wish lists. But yeah, we announced a game via an IGN exclusive. That's so weird to say. We were front, the dumb little cursed golf golfer was on the front page of IGN in a big banner for literally 24 hours. I have no idea what's happened. For any of the conspiracy theorists who think this is all payola between between friends with conflicts of interest, uh, uh, no, IGN does not pay for stuff like that. No. It is clearly out of uh, PR agents talking to editors and editors deciding what they want to feature out of them being purely impressed by what they see themselves. It is true, actually. I, I mean, I don't know how I'm allowed to talk about this, but in fact... If you pitch to IGN as like, you know, asking if you can have an exclusive, you have to show them gameplay footage of your game running and working like a 15 minute to 20 minute full gameplay preview. And then they decide whether or not they like your game. So they uh, purely only show stuff based on how they are interested in it and what they think is good. We sent it to IGN a couple of weeks ago. They really liked the gameplay preview. And then we made the trailer that you might have all seen. 
And yeah, we got lucky. Well, lucky, a little bit of hard work, you know, goes a long way. No, there was definitely strategy to it. And, yeah. and one thing that I also think is is really good Steam strategy for other developers to know, we were just talking about how you localize the page in different languages and got a whole bunch of coverage from foreign language uh, media outlets. Like that combined with the IGN is 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 a scale of reach that I, I have a hard time comprehending. Like like you're there's there's tens of millions looking at these pages, if not way more depending on how long their eyeballs stay focused but yeah localization languages it's super important you don't realize we me and george were sort of talking about it before we were going through kind of the media that had covered the announcement for curse to goal and predominantly a lot of it is foreign language you don't realize just how much like outside of the english language speaking community of gamers there really is you know out there and can affect your game sales or your announcement success uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, that combined with the IGN exclusive, combined with all of these, this like snowball effect that just stumbled. And, you know, we were front page Kotaku. We were front page uh, Game Informer. We were front page uh, like the Eurogamer Italy and Portugal and uh, Spain. And IGN Africa. IGN Africa. IGN China. Stuff we IGN never Middle knew East. about. Yeah. 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 Ooh, it's, um, it's been a weird day. And like it's been, <laughs> it's been pretty amazing to see also on Twitter like people who people in, like Dan Reichart liked it and Patrick Klepik and uh, like Mikey Newman. Yeah, Dave Osher. Well, Dave's a good friend. I like Dave a lot. A a everyone in, in the phone books you find at, at GDC. Just some people I would never expect to be interested just being like, this game looks great. And, you know, I think it's been, I, you know, you... Because it is great. I think, well... Matt Matt has been significantly slapping me for months about like how it will be fine since the but fucking I, beginning. Since the oh, beginning, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> this is a game I made. I get Matt it. Knows. It's your own creation. I get it. But the shit was good from the beginning. Yeah. People. But when you make something you don't know because you know all the dirty secrets and tricks and shortcuts you're taking. Yeah, I know. I I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Like yeah. I've I've done videos and I'm just like. Shit, man. Yeah. The certain parts that people this... like, man, I had to, I, <laughs> the things I had to do. Yeah. So. Oh, and you you can't stand watching your own videos and listening I to your own voice. I can't stand it. What is it like? The same podcast as myself. And and it's absolutely one hundred percent necessary for game developers to get other people playing their game because then they start breaking it, and doing weird things. What? How horrible is it playing your own game though? How do do Ooh, you? Yeah. Just uh, uh, I, I'm wondering if, if you end up like limiting your own play style because you know what the engine can't uh, isn't quite programmed to handle or, or if if all that anxiety comes out. Oh, God, that's a that's a really good question. And there's a couple of things I like we touched on there. One thing I do want to say is that in terms of like actually showing the game to people for the trailer, it was made by Mark, who works here at Chihuahua Labs, part of the team. And I had entire faith that it was going to be great because he's a very good video editor. I was more nervous about the fact that it was me talking and how gamers don't like game developers talking. But the positive response <laughs> on the flip side has been like overwhelming because I sat there last night 
you know, it was it was 1 a.m. when we announced it here in Japan because that was when the IGN exclusive went live. And I was just sat there. I'd finished working and I was literally just sat there for five hours in the office staring at a wall because I was so nervous because either two things were going to happen. One was people see it and people hate it and people don't like the way the trailer was presented. People don't like me and my enthusiastic personality or whatever. People are like, oh, fuck this guy, right? And I understand that. But... The flip side of that is that you would have had eyeballs and you might have potentially become like a meme and then you still get eyeballs and that can be good for the success of your game regardless of whether people like it or not. And the horrible other reality is you release it and 10 people watch it and that's it. And then you your big splash is over and you did nothing. And that is just far worse. And I was terrified that was going to happen. Regardless of how good the game is, we maybe could have missed the timing. Gamescom had just finished. Blah, yada, yada, yada. Thankfully, that's not what happened. Something else cooler could have shown up on the on the IGN yeah. editor's table that day. Elden Ring could have been like, today's the day we're going to drop a fucking yeah. gameplay trailer. Anything could have happened, right? Because we don't know these things. Somehow it went overwhelmed. Like, I haven't been able to, like, look away from Twitter or the internet all day because something new was happening every minute there was a new article from a new website or there was new impressions or somebody of interested tweeted it or just hundreds of people are looking at it we made a tiktok and the tiktok has got like ten thousand views already it's pretty crazy so it's been it's been overwhelming but to go back to what gave me a lot of confidence actually about actually letting people play it is you two because there aren't many people who've played it and both of you have played two or to three different versions of it in different states. And every time you've had incredible feedback and also given me the confidence that to know that I was going in the right direction. Like Matt, you've, you, you know, you've never ever let me know it, that it was going to be bad. You were like, fuck you. It's going to be fine. Right. <laughs> and yeah, because like, it is. And George recorded himself for like an hour playing it and just talking aloud. And like, you could see him descending into very George-like thinking about things, which is like, well, if I do this over here and I place this here, maybe like Metal Gear Solid my way around this TNT box, <laughs> and then if I Tom Clancy my way through this portal, I'll find myself in front of the golf hole. And it, it, it it's so great. It's so great. Is that great. not how you're supposed to play it? It is, but it's like... It, 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 I gotta say the portals. You, you even think more. Yeah. The portals. I went back and played it again and actually used the power-ups. And my God, the power-ups really changed everything. <laughs> There's like this certain stage where you can use the portal to skip a whole section. And you can just, by swinging it a different <laughs> way. Sequence breaking in a fucking golfy vania. Yeah, non-linear open-ended levels. You got to use strategy. You got to think about. I'm surprised if my playthrough really looked that different. But who knows? When When only like five people have played how can you know it didn't but it was so great because it leads into what you asked which is do i get it, it must be hard to play my own game and it is and it's not because it isn't fun like honestly i do really think the game is fun and i actually have not got bored of it yet but what i do get bored of is the fact that i'm really fucking good at it now therefore <laughs> i keep struggling with what the balance once it's out, some, some obsessive yeah, will be nerd is going to, to pass you in a week. But that fine balance between, okay, I'm kind of bored because I'm really good at it. and I <laughs> But I built the level, so I know what everything is. But then when I watch both of you play, or I watch 
someone play it for the first time, I remember then that they have no idea where the levels lead. They don't know what walls lead to other. They don't know what power up is going to affect it right now. Even if I think, oh, if I portal through this wall to that wall, I'm going to be in front of the green. You know, if people don't check the birdie eye or they don't do this, then they don't know either. And then it gives me like a renewed sense of like, okay, right? The difficulty is kind of there and the power up breaking is not too bad that it's like busted, but it's it's definitely good enough that players think they're powerful, like Matt just said. Yeah. So the hardest part is it, is playing it and trying to play like a normal person. So today I actually played a build with no debug at all for the first time. You know, the one that we're going to send to PAX. Uh, it's going to be a bit something in PAX this week. So by the time you've heard this, hopefully there'll be some gameplay impressions and stuff out there. And I played it for the first time where I had to pay attention. I had to use the power-ups to try and survive. I was trying to finish the demo. And, you know, it's very easy to immediately just start wasting shots because you think you're fucking top shit. And all of a sudden, you're you're down to your final shot and you're about to lose. And you're like, oh, this is how this game can feel to other players. And, yeah, that's been that's been mm-hmm. good to see. Yeah, in all in all the feedback videos, I distinctly remember like if if you hooked up a, a tension meter to my brain, it would be going wild when you have to hit the last shot and you're on your last life and you actually land it. We're gonna be talking a lot about comparing things to Dark Souls nowadays, aren't we? IGN already? No, wait, was it IGN or Kotaku who uh who who said the line? It was IGN, but shout outs to the Denson's Discord, who are the originators of the, yeah. the it's the Dark, Dark Souls, Souls of Golf. Of golf. But it did kind of activate a similar neuron reflex to like hitting the last blow on a Dark Souls boss when you're out of life. It's like you have a whole bunch of time to see what's going to happen, but you have to make your move right within one millisecond. Yeah. And it's like that that conflict, that grind between having so much quiet time to plan versus having a, a frantic mess of a time to execute is uh, it's tactics, right? It's it's totally Tom Clancy's golf tactics. My favorite uh, subtitle for this game is that (laughs) Tom Clancy's golf tactics. I love it. It's too bad (laughs) to have to to call Ubisoft to (laughs) to know whether or not you can do that. Do you have a golf game? Because if not, I've got one for you. (laughs) I mean, with the way the Tom Clancy brand has gone over the years, would it really be that much a stretch? I'm honestly like gobsmacked to like how it's gone. I, like, yeah. Wow. I hate to, to force us to change topics, but we do have a short podcast this week. Yes. So Matt, what happened to you? Oh, are you okay? Are you, are you hanging in there? Um, yeah. Uh, so I played two games. I really enjoyed, like really enjoyed for the, for the first time in a while. <laughs> and I couldn't find another game after that. So we have two games, and I'll be quick, uh, because they're the same game, pretty much. Oh, okay. I went and I milked the milk milkman, pretty much. Anyone? Anyone has any guesses on what what that first game is? Wait, you wait, you did say this to me. Yeah, I did. I did, and you thought I sold my NFTs. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were like, wait, the milkman cometh. <laughs> yeah, did you did you actually did you actually play Psychonauts? I'm I'm totally betting my money down oh, on Psychonauts. Yes, I yes. did. Oh, right, best right. Okay. one of the all time best levels in all video games ever is the the milkman conspiracy. Well done, well done. It's, I didn't get it's it. It's good. It's good. The game is good. 
it, it, it's it's an it's an older game it it's you you get used to it. it's like oh okay uh the jumping's a little weird you the camera's just you don't really feel the when you're jumping like where you're gonna land i i don't know how to explain that uh I, maybe like we to explain <laughs> that it has this weird floating thing and you're like wait a minute am i gonna hit the rope or not am i gonna fall over you get used to it because it, it's old but it's it's still good there's certain sections where you you feel like I might kill myself because the platforming sucks balls, but then then you do it and you're like, oh, okay, this is not that bad. The last level I, I've, is like the worst. <laughs> Sometimes you don't yeah. double jump when you jump off a, a net or something, and it drove me insane. I, I do remember that dissonance that like Psychonauts 1 had, had four incredibly creative wild levels that i still remember to this day but i cannot remember what happened before and after them and i feel like it's because those were levels that focused more on creative adventure game tricks the waterloo level the the milkman conspiracy of course yeah the um multicolored one with the, the the bulls it looks like 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 mexican day of the dead artwork oh shit yeah I, i'm sure there's a fourth one if i can think harder but i remember the first one being like a, a war battlefield sort of situation and and it not clicking until like three levels in then i was like oh now i get why this game's a classic yeah it's good it's like i wish playing this game it made me wish that i played this when i was young it really I did. played it when I was 15, I think, and I, I do wonder if the platforming would be a lot harder to, to go through as, as a grumpy old man versus yeah. a, a, a kid who can tolerate time being wasted. S since it's my first time, it, it no, levels do go fast. It's not bad. They're pretty speedy from what I remember, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're not bad. They, they, they go through, um, which is a nice pace. They do have a nice pace. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of collectibles and stuff like that, and I'm, you know, I'm not really a fan of collectibles. Like, I'm, I'm more of a it takes two type of guy. I love this shit to just be an adventure. But the collectibles were nice. They're easy. They're easy, and I'm okay with easy collectibles. Me too. Apart from you don't like Mario Odyssey. What's that all about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, it made me wish that I played this when I was young because I probably would have felt the way I feel about It Takes Two back then with Psychonauts because it's that good, just an old good, you know? With how, like, creative and weird things get yeah, in terms of turning regular platforming on its head. Some of the ugliest motherfucking characters I've ever seen in my oh they did wonders with that art style though it, like the second game looks so good and the first one looks look definitely really aged yeah like they're they're you can see they're kind of going for a tim burton uh uh cartoon network uh, turn of the millennium emo period art style with the first game the second one looks like timeless it looks like classic claymation i uh mm. I'm wondering if, if 10 years from now that the second game is still going to look as good as it does today because they really overhauled it while still maintaining that Tim Burton-esque, mm. oh no, my limbs are toothpicks sort of proportion. And I went right into the second game and beat that one too. Oh! How long of a gap is that? The first one came out in 2004, right? Uh -huh. Or was it five? We're looking at something like 16, 15 years mm. of uh, knowledge and experience and the world changing. What did they learn? What have they employed? It's kind of the same. They kind of made it smooth. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like they designed it. It was like weird. They did remove some powers. 
and add you uh, some different ones, obviously, to make it spicy. But they also left in, they made it too much the same, I would say. They they left in a lot of the tedious shit. Like, the way you get money is picking it off the ground. And it still happens in this one. The arrows. Too much of it. Yeah, like, like, like too... that's basically how you get money and by killing enemies. But, like, that's that was pretty much it. And and just like, uh, there's just one section in, in, in one, which is awful. The the only section I would say literally awful other than the jumping at the end of the game, which is um you have to get the, the cobweb duster for eight hundred arrowheads and it mm-hmm. just locks you out. You have to get out there and grind the whole camp and you know, uh get your metal detector out and try to find like a eight hundred. It's a lot. Eight hundred is a lot. Damn. If you're not working on it from the very beginning. And I was not. I was just going through the game like a normal fucking person. And a lot of normal people. I looked up <laughs> online. I was like, is anyone okay with this? And no one was okay with it. <laughs> Maybe it'll be patched by the time I get around to it. Nah, it's done now. This shit's been on Steam for a while. That shit, that's just how it is. You better pull out that cheat engine. What? It's shit. been on Steam for like less than a week. It's on Game Pass, right? Oh, yeah. It's on Game Pass, too. No, no. That's one. One. I'm talking about one. Oh, you're still talking about No, no, I went back to one. That's the only section. That's what I'm saying. And in two My mind is manifesting. In two, they you still pick up shit from the ground and they have all this stuff that you can change with your character, but you don't ever get that much money unless you're just doing random stuff and trying to find these these new collectibles. The collectibles now are hard to get. All the suitcases and all the shit from um, um, baggage. The meat circus. That was my fourth favorite Psychonauts level. Anyway, sorry. Continue. The meat circus. (laughs) Oh, shit. I remember. My fourth favorite. There's just collectibles. The collectibles are hard. You can't buy everything, which I guess is like in every game. So they they want you to kind of, they kind of want you to, to grind those little sections there. At least there's more to do in this one. And there's. There is a certain fascination of exploring hmm. way, way better than the first one, obviously, because the first one's a lot easier to get into. And and I have a, a burning question that I don't even know if I want to know the answer to because it might mess up my expectations going in. But for the sake of the podcast, I, I am going to ask you if any of the levels in Psychonauts 2, do any of those levels stack up to the Milkman conspiracy from Psychonauts 1? Have they surpassed the 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 peak of double fine entertainment, the uh, the, the the greatest video game level of, of all time? I I uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe next to the ending of Portal One, but yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, Milkman Conspiracy is legendary, dude. That's I'm 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 glad you got to experience it. Yeah, the milkman, yeah, and then you all the little <laughs> the little Girl Scouts walking around and following you. It it did Super Mario Galaxy stuff with like a center of gravity of roads that curve and go upside. Down. How did they do that back then? I would say there are a couple levels that can that can stack up in different mm. ways. It's not the same. It's not the same, like, vibe, you know? Like, the Milkman was super cartoony, super, like, I don't want to spoil some of the levels. The levels are, the, some of these levels are good, are, are really good. There's a lot of them, a lot of levels, a lot of levels, and a lot, of, and the combat is actually pretty fun. 
when you get when you start following your stride. Yeah, that was also uh yeah, a kind of afterthought from the first game. Like Zelda just mashed the B button combat, right? Yeah. And you get these pins that can change what you want to do. You get to upgrade your skills in different ways to, you know, it, whatever your art your your playstyle is, like it's dope. Like I used to I mean, I don't I don't want to spoil anything, really. Play the game. It's on Game Pass. Fuck. If you play the first one years ago, just jump right into the second one. They give you an overview as soon as you as soon as you start playing the game. If you want to skip the first one, fuck it. Skip it. I wouldn't recommend it. I'll yeah. play the first one. It's like, what? What was it? $2? I wish you could skip levels in more games. I mean, I remember like how mad gamers were when the Call of Duty franchise started doing that. But as someone who likes got to get footage and sometimes wants to replay old games, but without... But only the best parts. I would love it if I could just if I could just like double click on Milkman Conspiracy.exe and jump right <laughs> into that part of the game. It is ten dollars for the first one. I think it's worth it. The only thing I, I I probably dislike about the second one is that they made the character change a little bit. Two char the the you, you know in the first one there was like this like you know, innocent love interest type thing going on. Mm-hmm. And this one, they completely change her. And I, I get why, you know, because we're going into that phase of, like, the the girl has to be independent. She can't. She doesn't need no man type thing. That's what that's what the trend is right now. So it's like, which is true. I'm not saying that, you know, women don't, obviously. But I'm just saying, like, it's that trend now. So, like, she has that. So like she disappears almost in this game. Like there's they don't talk like for, for like the first third of the game. Like they talk for a little bit. She she disregards him completely. Because he does talk too much, but he she dis, he she disregards him. It's not like the first one she was where she was like, "Oh my god, he's such a cute boy." Like she instantly changes. Because there is no gap between the two. Other than a one mission, so it is right away, and it's never explained why she changes like that or anything. I'm surprised she even called him her boyfriend by, you know, at any point. So yeah, like that. That was the only weird part. Like it's crazy to see how in the first one they had this whole thing going on, and then they completely change it because of the way the world is now. Again, I don't want a Danzel in distress thing. Like they did they did that in the first one. But it's it's isn't it? Like like what do you guys think? Like would you want Like like did they just turn her into an asshole? Not an asshole. They didn't give her any screen time and they just I would have rather screen time her being a little bit more you know standoffish like she's being and explain it and develop the character so instead they just made her standoffish like she didn't like the guy in the first place and she disappears it is the most weirdest fucking thing ever maybe it has something to do with the voice actor or something i don't i don't know like am i being weird like isn't that weird she's such a big part in the first one well, there's this like 16 year long gap between the two. And, and even if they're trying to keep an immediate sense of continuity between the two, that I'm imagining a whole bunch of writers are different than the first game. Yeah. And the, the thoughts going through their heads are definitely going to be different. And, and over a gap like that, it would be rough for any game or movie or, or media in general to maintain a 
sense of good continuity across a 16 year long gap between yeah. installments. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Like that that's the only thing that was weird. Other than that, like man, they nailed it, man. They nailed it. It was good. It was a good game. Both of these games were good. I already spent too long on this. Good game. Good games. Play it. <laughs> I just want to mention I got a PS5 today. And I started downloading Demon Souls. Did you have to go to like a shady back alley and like get someone to open up their coat? Do you know what? No. I got lucky. A friend here in Kyoto, another game dev, uh, who's worked on some pretty interesting titles, if you uh, knew who he was. You actually might know on Twitter he goes by Cheesemeister. You know the E3 schedule that looks like an Excel spreadsheet that goes around every year that has all the times of it? Mm-hmm. Well, he's the guy who makes that. A uh, funny little Twitter fact for you there. <laughs> uh, well, he lives in Kyoto, and he had a he won uh, one of the extra lottery like tickets so you can purchase one from Gale, like an electronic branch here in Kyoto, uh, well Japan in general. And um, he was like, "Hey, I have one. Do you still need one?" And I was like, "Absolutely, I do." So I purchased a PS5 today, and I'm downloading Demon Souls right this minute. Did you have to pay a big markup, or was no, it MSRP no, no, no. price? It was MSRP. He was like, nice, nice. I thankfully because I almost did. I almost did last week, didn't I? It still kind of sounds like you had to jump through some hoops, but that's definitely better than a lot of people have been having to put up with these days. I didn't even have to sign up for a lottery or anything. I friend, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like that. You didn't have, and you paid less than seven hundred dollars. I'm assuming. Yes, I paid just that's the like MSRP the standard going rate for a lot of the year on on one of those things. But anyways, you're gonna uh, uh, give it its first test run with Demon Souls, right? Yes, I am. So prepare for that next week. Prepare to die. Yeah. Uh, what kind of TV are you using? Big 4K, lovely 60 inch yeah, thing. So yeah, you does it have HDR mode? It does. Not that oh, we, Jesus not that we know anything about that. <laughs> well, that means that you're going to be able to see a gap in the generation better than a lot of us, because uh, I did not really start to see it until Ratchet and Clank. I would be curious to see if you can spot the, the, the generational gap in other games that don't go as hard on uh, the, the the graphics tech as Ratchet does, because Demon Souls does get pretty 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 in a lot of a lot of footage I've seen. But I still am looking at that footage in 1080p sometimes 1440p on a computer monitor with no HDR. So like it does dishearten me a bit to know that I'm not even going to be looking at the same footage as, as what you're seeing with your eyeballs yeah. on that thing. Yeah. The controller though. Oh, it's nice. I started playing Astrobot and it's nice. It is nice. Yeah. You got to tell us stories about how the controller works or if, uh, if you ever get curious and steal a copy of, of death stranding. Cause I know you fucking hate that game with the passion. It's just the worst game ever. <laughs> if uh if uh you end up enjoying it more with pressure sensitive controls mm. adding a bit of uh tactile mm, you know uh, a nuance and depth to the 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 artistic cinematic long drawn out mm. shots experience of death stranding you know something that uh it's a very divisive game uh let's say maybe when, when those first review scores came out it did seem like uh half the 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 user audience maybe something like 46 percent might have been able to appreciate appreciate something of such quality uh jesus you can't even act classy about kojima stuff the way you can about what i'm trying to transition to i would be more tempted to replay ghost of tsushima in 60 frames than i would death stranding 
on a PS5. Oh, hell yeah. Are any of those games, do they go higher than 60 frames on your TV? Because that's so nice. That is one thing I have been able to see that console gamers can't see is what more than 60 frames look like. Do you know what's really funny you say that? So my laptop, that gaming laptop I bought not that long ago, the Asus ROG G5, thing or whatever that does have a tw- 120 hertz refresh rate oh good that's so nice that's and so good. playing my that. own game on it we have obviously <laughs> you know the motion cuts in the cutscenes and, and such right oh my god it's like fucking butter it's amazing i wish people could experience curse to golf like that uh i do see the 100 i am a big fan of this 120 hertz frame rate thing now yes yes it uh it it seems like you and I are uh, are, are are high class appreciators oh, yes. <laughs> of of smooth, clean shots with uh, moody lighting and a and a can't really say high frame rate with uh, what I'm trying to transition to here. We're gonna be film snobs over the Green Knight, Liam. You you uh, what what do you think of these people who think the Green Knight was boring and and slow and and made no sense? I think they were right because I felt the same thing while I was watching it. But then when it ended, I didn't stop thinking about it. So I huh. wonder if they wrote it while they were watching versus when they finished it. I'm wondering if we could even talk about the ending without spoiling it, because it's an abstract, vague ending. I love the ending. I love it's the best part of the movie. It is the best part of the movie. I love it. It's so fucking weird. If you're a fan of Crusader Kings, that's an ending for you. <laughs> Imagine that is the best that is the best summary of how that movie ends. Do you know when you're playing Crusader Kings, right? And you take it slow. And you spend uh, uh, like 60 hours doing essentially two years of in-game stuff because you're so afraid. Well, then you get really good and you fast forward 60 years in 30 minutes. (laughs) That's what Green Knight is like. In a beautifully shot, beautifully sequenced montage with with an amazing soundtrack behind it, and 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 it's so good. Characters whose costumes look worn and dirty, but still bold and glamorous. Those crowns with the halos on it—they looked fucking they are sick. Great. The the Green Knight looked fucking sick. Is it just me? It's it, okay. We're we're almost exactly ten. Maybe even going on 11 years soon past Dark Souls and is starting to see the inspiration and other things in mainstream media. And the Green Knight kind of looks like a Dark Souls boss. His axe looks like something from a Dark Souls game. There's this beautiful, absolutely gorgeous shot where Gwen is trotting his horse down a road with uh, absolutely nothing on it. And it makes the, the planet, it makes the... The Green Knight. Uh, the island of England. Look, um... Wales. <laughs> it makes uh the, the world look big and unexplored they talk about how you can trot your horse down for days and never reach the end and he has it all these dangerous video game side quests along the way yeah there's banditry you can't go places the people back home think they'll never see him again it felt like such a wholesome classic legendary adventure but with modern dark souls aesthetics going on there's there's this one beautiful character who who runs behind the horse during this beautiful shot who's covered in robes that looks like the white furry beast that you fight in the chapel at the uh before the halfway point of bloodborne i forget the the name of the beast exactly but it was the something beast but 
I, yeah, I feel like I'm seeing it. I'm seeing Dark Souls everywhere. I'm seeing Souls things in general everywhere. I thought that his reaction to seeing those cheesy giants was cute. Like, he wasn't afraid of them. He asked them for directions. And I feel like that kind of folds into the mindset of a, I am not tonight. Of a medieval person who believes there's magic out there somewhere in the world. It's, it's, it's good. I had a Wikipedia synopsis of the original poem, and every time he finished one of his little side quests on the road, I checked the synopsis to see how it ended in the original poem, and I think that really helped out the experience too. I was not bored throughout it, and it didn't feel like two hours, and it didn't feel long and slow, and maybe that's because I was actually <laughs> scrolling through my phone at the same time, and I know that's a horrible... Uh, sin for us, wow. you know, kino cinema snobs who appreciate wow. art house films. I did the same. I think it made it better. It did. I think it made it better. Oh, you guys are insane. You guys are insane. It's a slow movie. You, you're not missing anything glancing back and forth. Yeah, and you, and when you read more, you you're more intrigued about the mythos. It, it makes jokes about the mythos. It subverts the mythos. There's a lot that you wouldn't pick up on if you weren't reading through, if you weren't refreshing yourself on the original poem before going into it. It feels like that's kind of the way you're meant to consume this thing. It is. It, it felt like it was for nerdy old literature fans. It's a very well shot film as well. From a cinematography standpoint, I think, Matt, you'd fucking love it, as I said last week. Uh, oh, it, oh, it came out on streaming. Okay. You dig it. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I was going to watch The Green Knight, and I ended up watching Free Guy. Oh! My God. Did he nail that movie? No way. It's actually decent? It's actually decent. Hey, good old Ryan. Like, it's a fun watch. It's a really fun watch. Like, the spirit of video games is is there wait it's a video game movie i don't know what this is i don't it's a video game movie yeah. it's a video game movie and this is his second one and he nails oh, it oh wow the wikipedia description is already nuts when a bank teller discovers he's a background player in an open world video game he decides to become the hero that's like some japanese isekai stuff <laughs> <laughs> free guys in isekai <laughs> yeah <laughs> It has that feel like there's certain parts where it gets too movie-ish where like I, I don't want to I don't spoil it, but like there, there's a button. There, there's something that he can do because he's an NPC, but she can't do. But she ended up doing it for a plot device. <gasps> of course. And near the end of the movie. And I was just like, come on. Come on, guys. Like, like you're breaking, you're breaking the, you're breaking the vibe right now. <laughs> but other than that, it's just, it's just, it's just a fun movie to watch. They do nail, like, companies. Like, I would say the stuff that I heard about Rockstar and those guys, he's in there. that's probably what they're imitating. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the guy who uh, who's the evil guy at this place. Is it Taika Waititi's character? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't know the real name of the guy. He is a asshole. He is a cringy asshole. It wasn't too cringy where you're like, you didn't giggle a little bit, but yeah, it was, oof, it was rough. Um, Are video game movies not cringy anymore? Have we finally reached that point? Man child, that guy. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> no, no, this, this was good. This, this was good. I, I, man, this reminded me of like liking Sonic and liking like <laughs> Pokemon movie. Like it, it's in that vein, you know? It's a bit, I used to say it was a little bit better than Pokemon movie. You know, Pokemon movie had that 
had that a Pikachu movie. Sorry, was it? Wait, wait, was it Pokemon movie or was it Pikachu? Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. I really liked that movie. The Pokemon yeah. movie ends with a tearjerker involving a Pikachu, so I did get a little confused for a second. But yeah, you're thinking. You know, there's like a weird dip in in Detective Pikachu. This one, the pacing is like just right. Like it's just there's just he does enough gags. It's like Deadpool mixed with fucking Ready Player One. You know, that's that's basically what it is. And uh, yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. I I I, re- I recommend it. And when it comes out, like on streaming, fucking watch that shit, man. It's a good watch. It's currently out in cinemas here in Japan, and I watched suicide squad in cinemas and it was a little uncomfortable i wore double masks and i was terrified <laughs> i hate wearing masks at the movie theaters i waited i waited mm, I- <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of intrigued because i do like the idea of going because it's one of the only movies on right now i do like the idea of being able to watch it but i don't know whether i'd risk dying of of coronavirus for yeah it. don't don't risk it <laughs> it's so uncomfortable like i'm used to watching movies at home relaxed and everything so when i go to the movie theaters i want the sound system and everything i don't want to be suffocating you know what i mean i i'd be an anxious wreck right now yeah i i was a little bit like that when suicide squad started i was a bit oh i'm not gonna be able to enjoy this oh you, you had people all around you like yeah yeah for me yeah. the i go to like you know the, the the ones with the nice seats and usually just like barely people at like 12 o'clock it's great oh, damn well there's still covid out there True, but like if they're if everyone's like five feet apart, like it doesn't even. I mean, I guess it it's does not matter. Supposed to? It's not supposed. Yeah, to you know, there's matter, always like yeah. a freak zero point zero one percent chance that that the one COVID particle could could land on your nose. But we're all vaccinated, so if we do get it, we're less likely to get it. We're we're not going to have bad complications. But people are still getting it. People in my family are still getting it. What, what about that that new new COVID? And new new COVID is out now. Delta. Oh, Delta. No, no. There's another one. There's another one after that. Oh shit! They're at Sigma now. Fuck it. <laughs> Sigma. Sigma. Sigma male COVID. When are they gonna release the final form of COVID Omega? Oh my god! You know what I just realized we're doing? This is the first time I think where we're like actually happily joking about this stuff and not mm. feeling weird and awkward about it. Are we? Well, let's this... forward. I mean. We haven't done that for the past year and a half. We're not quite at endemic levels, are we? We need to. We're still pandemic. We need. But you can tell just from like that that things are starting to get a little bit. In Japan, it's getting worse. In Japan, oh, it's the mind. worst it's been. Never mind. Ju- no, I'm sorry. Like, oh yeah, because you just had the Olympic super spreader. Yeah, sports. you got yeah, and we have what's called the Olympic Delta supposedly, which is like a Delta variant. Supposedly from the Olympics. That sounds like some DLC shit. <laughs> I bought the Olympic Delta version. Uh, I wonder if I could get wow. my money back, please. Damn. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Oh man. <laughs> It's like we flipped. Now now Japan's suffering. It's not great here. But I do get my second vaccine shot next week. I'll be I'll be able to telepathically talk to you guys whenever I want via Bill Gates's 5G network. <laughs> we can uh we can share movie mm. references telepathically. Yeah, the jokes will come out easier. Yeah. So speaking of things that are uncomfortable to joke about, how fast do you think we can talk our way through this incredibly bizarre, awkward, cringy MLK mode they added to Fortnite? Oh, shit. This shit. We should give it as much thought as Epic has given 
to actually inputting it in the game. And and much like Epic, our hearts may be pure <laughs> and our intentions may be good, but maybe we should put more time into this shit cuz damn guys. Like I uh oh, I I have I have complicated opinions, feelings here. I I will just introduce this topic and then start walking through the feelings later by saying that on August 26th, uh Epic and Time Magazine announced a partnership to commemorate the 58th anniversary of MLK's I Have a Dream speech by adding a little virtual museum that has some platforming and switch puzzles in it that <laughs> Fortnite players can optionally load into with their friends and a lot of edgy teenagers immediately started making memes of uh playing as the Catwoman skin and cracking whips a lot of um what's what's the term i should use here left-leaning social critic commentators were pointing out the incredible tonal whiplash of having like rick and morty and the xenomorph from aliens <laughs> learn a lesson about yeah the best one i saw was like a loading screen that was like hint Aim for the head. head. Yeah. (laughs) And the thing is, though, like, I think it's kind of a tragedy because I hate knowing that through this thing, I learned something I would not have otherwise that they didn't teach me as a kid. So, like, there's still a layer to this. I did not know that the whole entire speech was a 16, 17 minute long ordeal. I was only familiar with the the six minutes that you hear clipped out with uh, the actual, I have a a dream, white kids and black kids playing together, having a good time, you know, content of a man's character. I never heard the whole raw, uncut thing. And that's the background music of the whole stage. Wow. Music, whatever. I've never, like, heard the whole thing all the way through. And as a result, I heard the stuff that is, like, criticisms of capitalism. The stuff that the educational systems and pop culture media, like like when the, the speech shows up in Forrest Gump, they cut that out. I've never heard the whole thing all the way through, including the parts where he talks about how economic inequality ties into the police brutality and the segregation laws and and how uniting the 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 different poor people of the world will lead to to everyone living in brotherly harmony. A lot of the the socialist stuff that gets cut out was new to me and that's that's why I have weird, complicated feelings over it because it's absolute tonal whiplash. And you learn something. <laughs> absolute tonal whiplash of a company that that should have taken more time knowing how to present this stuff. Still, the edutainment still worked even on a thirty-year-old adult, and and it's still designed for kids though. And like. I I didn't get that whole speech as a kid. Kids these days have the whole entire primary source reference material to look up on their cell phones. And when I was a kid, we didn't have that. When I was a kid, kids were getting fooled by, like, neo-Confederates saying that the Civil War was actually over states' rights. Nowadays, kids can look up the founding documents of that war and confirm that, no, it was actually about slavery or at least the state's rights to legalize slavery. And now they've got the whole uncut MLK dream speech, including the socialist stuff that the teachers might not have, maybe the teachers wanted the kids to hear it, but there definitely would be conservative American parents complaining about, uh, there would be a few complaining about the socialist stuff in, in MLK's career. Timmy, are you playing that MLK adventure walking simulator again in Fortnite? Get off it. So yeah, it's really, really awkward and, and cringy, but you can still tell that they're trying to, to make like serious, good edutainment, 
but it might not be the right place. But at the same time, where else would they get a bigger audience of kids willing to sit through this stuff than on Fortnite? What what what, what do you guys think? I, I I had the floor for a while. It's tonal whiplash that just doesn't sit right, and it never will. Hmm. When some dude is dressed as Rick comes along, shoots you, and teabags you as Rick. Oh no, you don't shoot in this mode. All right. Yeah. Well. They, they disabled the violence and the tomato throwing. They forgot to disable the crossover promotional skins that made things super duper awkward, especially with the, the Catwoman whip. That's cracking pretty. Anime. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I applaud them for making some form of effort. I do. But the fact that it has to come from Fortnite and not the American educational system is pretty sad. Is a damning indictment. Pretty sad. It's only 15 minutes. They could have sat the kids through it easily, but they never fucking did. I should have heard that whole thing. Okay, I'll tell one of the weirdest things about watching through the full 17 minute video of the whole speech was that I was getting goosebumps through it because it's MLK. You can't listen to MLK and not get goosebumps. And but at the same time, I was still looking at really stupid shit happening on the screen. But what was going in my ears was giving me goosebumps. It was weird they ended up disabling the uh custom emotes but you know the the memes have still been made edgy teenagers have still posted thousands upon thousands of of videos of uh people desecrating mlk's memory in fortnite what a sentence what a sentence yeah uh matt Matt, you okay back there (laughs) should we shut the fuck up now The grunts of a tired man. You you mentioned, like, my reaction was when we were talking about this, uh, was it yesterday with the, the, the disc? Oh, yes, the $15 AMA that uh, the listeners can sign up for from the tier on our Patreon, that thing. Yeah, I was, I wasn't really, I was very surprised over some bullshit, and I... And I I said some stuff that's kind of what Liam says. Just I don't want to see this shit in Fortnite, but like it doesn't it doesn't matter. I don't I don't care. Like this weird shit that that white people do all the time. Like I, <laughs> it just doesn't. I just don't care anymore. Like I don't get this is fucking America. Like this shit is just normal. I I want to ask though if you see like harm being done here. Because I think that's where I get hung up. Like, it's cringy, it's awkward. There's going to be kids who log on to this thing just to make fun of it. But I'm feeling at the same time, at least those kids are getting exposed to the raw, uncut, full source material of a historically important event. Like, even if they're there to make fun of it, at least they're getting it. And I, uh, I'm i just wondering, like, like, if that ultimately means no harm is being done at the end of the day. I always think, at the end of the day, I would like to be that positive. Mm. And I would, I would like to go that route. It's just like you remember you remember um remember I told you when I was um I think I said this way back too, uh when I was in the protest for BLM and it's just a bunch of young kids out there, mm. barely black people, and many people could not even hold an eye connection with me and all of them were taking pictures. They were all out there for clout. This is what the kids do, you know? And it it, it could be just California. Because California, and especially in this neighborhood, in the beach towns and stuff like that, you know, that's, that's white kids trust fun babies, you know. But like, 
I just, I hope, I hope, yes, I hope, George, I hope that it's actually positive in some way, that at least over half, <laughs> or half, let's just say half, have actually got something from it and opened their eyes. Sometimes they're, they're, all there needs to be is someone saying MLK. I'm like, oh, what's MLK? And then they search it up and then they get, yeah. Even if it's cringy. Even if it's cringy as a motherfucker, man, it's... I don't want to go too deep in it because I feel like I'm going to be insulting. But yes, yes, America, man. This is America <laughs> at its finest. Yeah. It's weird. If you're going to, if you're, if, if Fortnite's going to push something out, they have to vet the shit. They have the money okay? to get some people who are not, yeah, who are some diversity, some diversity. Anyone but a white male, anyone but a white male looking at this stuff to vet it out. And I, I just, I just don't, I don't have any faith that that was, that was happening. Cause cracking whips and shit. Come on, man. Well, that, that was from the Catwoman. It's, yeah, she's a DC comic books character. It wasn't supposed oh, to be about. God, trust someone to find that. Yeah. They have the money to employ enough playtesters to figure out what combinations of emotes and avatars would have created edgy jokes out of a serious presentation. They should have had the, the money to replace the loading screen tips for a couple weeks or however long the event goes. It does. It just feels amateurish for epic level budget. It's because they don't care. Because <laughs> they rushed it, probably. They rushed it. They don't care that much. It's a fucking user-made fucking thing. Like, ah, fuck it. No, no. As as it turns out, it was made by an official collaboration with Time Magazine. There was. Oh no, George. <laughs> so sometimes you see the Time Magazine logo out there on the lawn next to the national monuments, next to the oh, the the screen God. playing the speech. Yeah, well, um, all right, yeah. I got nothing further to say. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is, man. Shit. Whatever. You know, I'm not I, I'm not mad at it. It's it's it is I mean, come on. We went deep on this yesterday. Like it it's it, Yeah. Given that part of Epic's arguments in their lawsuit is that they're marketing Fortnite as a metaverse rather than just one video game that people play oh God, and yeah. given that Fortnite's primary audience is children and given that they've kind of sort of dipped their toes into serious edutainment stuff on the game before with an actual another incredibly awkward event they did during the BLM protest last year I would not be surprised if we're gonna see more of this though like maybe they'll do it better next time but I would not be surprised if every now and then some some cringy attempt that edutainment happens in Fortnite. For the clicks. Get those clicks, Fortnite. Stay relevant. Not for the not for educating the kids. <laughs> not for the good of <laughs> mankind. <laughs> if anyone's gonna finally do the metaverse with all the NFTs and shit like that, it's not gonna be fucking Fortnite. I'll tell you that. It's gonna be Gary V. <laughs> oh shit. Wow, it's so weird to <laughs> for someone with the no shit. <laughs> I've talked <laughs> Liam ear off like three times now. <laughs> well, fucking NFTs after the podcast. <laughs> Gary B. Oh, Gary B. Gary B. <laughs> Speaking of of tonal whiplash and getting unexpected results based on how serious the previous topic discussion was. 
I think we should extremely quickly answer one listener question in as few words as possible so as to tease speculation as to how depraved our minds might actually be. <laughs> For listener questions this week, I'm going to ask us all one question. We all get to say one answer. That's it. You guys are not going to give an explanation behind our answer. We don't have the time for that this week. We just have to say a name and then we're done. Mr. Bubbles wants to ask us, Dad and Sons, who was your first fictional crush? Easy. Buffy Summers. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No. Oh. Okay. Mine is... It's been enough time. I can say it. Mine is Ryoko... <laughs> Lola Rabbit. Ryoko from Tenchi Muyo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Matt. I, yeah. Your turn. Yeah, your I, turn. Do it. I don't know what my first crush was. When, when you know, you're a young boy, things are changing in your brain. That was born banging. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... What character got me up in the morning? I don't know wow. if I had one. <laughs> That's the I way to put it. I don't know if I had Wait, wait, yeah. wait. What do, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Double meaning. Um, yeah, yeah. I... Sorry, sorry. We're, too many words, too many words. Just got to focus on the names. I yeah no no I I just I didn't say like oh man I can't wait to see Bulma in Dragon Ball Z I never, <laughs> there I never it did is that. Bulma from Dragon Ball Z thank though, you Matt like... good answer a lot of other people I'm sure have shared that oh similar God. experience growing up it took I'm, it took <laughs> it took such courage and bravery <laughs> to to expose your childhood well I don't know if Matt's was technically a true answer but both of yours were anime characters no I'm pretty sure I had I had crushes I'm pretty sure I just I just I think I've, I, oh, I don't know, I think, I think I just blacked them out. <laughs> oh, it sure is getting late. Well, it might be time, time to wrap up, guys. I like I like how you guys just knew. You're like, oh, man, I still think about her now. <laughs> Mine was Buffy. Come on. It's Buffy. Sarah Michelle Gala. I I, uh, I, I think yeah, I, I hear someone calling my, I think Eddie has to poop. A big fat stinky dump. Uh, I, I something's burning on the stove, guys. We we've gone on for so very incredibly long. Oh we we God. really should speed things up and 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 not have to talk about our fictional crushes anymore, right? True. Yeah. 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 Mm, um. And Goku. I did. I did like Goku. Whoa.